From the Rodney Kiefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Jones talks to us about how the human connection and communication is universal no matter the level of athlete you work with, the difference in training between the international and domestic athlete, and the revolutionary next-gen program, which creates an internship by merging all aspects of the sports medicine team. All this in another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. This episode is brought to you by Optimum Nutrition Athletics. After dominating the sports nutrition industry for over 30 years, the newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings the same trust and quality at a great price. They've worked hard to put convenient nutritional supplement options in the hands of your athletes. Because of the increased demands, ON now offers their third-party tested NSF certified gold standard whey protein powder in 10 pound bags exclusively for their athletics partners. ON even released ready to drink cartons of their gold standard whey protein shakes for your athletes and coaches that are on the go. Colleges and universities across the country have partnered with ON to give their athletes the highest quality nutritional supplements, and ON continues to deliver. They provide flexibility and affordability for all their partners. If you'd like to learn more about their expanding line of supplement products, or if you're interested in becoming a partner, contact ON's Rachel Kravitz on Instagram at ON underscore athletics underscore West or email rkravitz at glambia.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I'm joined by Coach Logan Jones. He is currently a strength and conditioning coach with the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's also had previous stops at Wake Forest, the University of Kentucky, and Guilford College. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Isaiah, thanks for having me on, man. I always look forward to connecting with those uh, that maybe I haven't had an opportunity to, to speak with previously. So I'm, I'm really appreciate you um, providing this platform for people, coaches and athletes alike to learn. Uh, and I'm looking forward to talking shop here uh, with you today. Absolutely. Thank you. Could you tell us a little bit more about your role with the Arizona Diamondbacks? Yeah, sure. So I'm just wrapped up my third season. Uh, so heading into my fourth season with the D-backs as a minor league strength and conditioning coach. So for those unfamiliar with with kind of the structure of professional baseball, um, there's the major league team. And then we have our minor league affiliates that serve as a farm system, a feeder system for our major league team. Uh, so I'm a strength coach that works in our farm system in player development, um, working with players that are newly drafted, uh, guys from the Dominican Republic and uh, so it's, it's definitely a unique dynamic there. And so basically my job is to keep in the forefront health and performance. And we, I work as part of a team that encapsulates strength and conditioning coaches, athletic trainers, physical therapists, mental skills coaches, uh, and the list goes on. Um, and, and 
basically we're all together collectively as a unit responsible for providing the best plan for our players from a health and a performance lens. And uh, we work collectively with our skill coaches. So that's your, your hitting coaches, your pitching coaches, your managers. Uh, and, and basically our organization puts together a plan for each of these players and, and c- collaboration with one another to provide them the best opportunity to make it to the major leagues and, and help our major league team win as many games as possible with the end, end goal and result in mind of winning a World Series. So that's just a little bit about what I do with the Diamondbacks. Definitely. And how's that dynamic with how you go about programming things? I know there's multiple levels to the minor leagues and and how they work their way up to the big leagues. How do you align your programming with the level above you or maybe the level below you as you work with you know different strength coaches and athletes all the way up to the big leagues? Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm, I'm super fortunate to work for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Our, our sports medicine performance team is next level, and, and obviously I'm biased in that evaluation, but I'm just super fortunate to be surrounded by people who – care for us personally, first and foremost, and then professionally, and are always willing to assist and, and guide where necessary and listen and learn. Um, and I think that that uh, true leadership is having the ability to um, understand when when to lead and, and when to follow. And and we, we've termed that team ability. So uh, we're su- I'm super fortunate to work as part of this team. And to answer your question, yeah, we're, we're all on the same page. So that's at, at the the youngest level of our minor league system, our Arizona league team, which is a short season league that most of our newly drafted players and guys coming up from the Dominican Republic, primarily uh, that's kind of the league that they feed into initially. And from there, all the way up to our, our major league staff, we all uh, are kind of on the same page. We all speak the same terminology. A lot of the foundational concepts for sure are introduced at the, uh, lower levels of the minor leagues in theory, you know, that should make the jobs of the strength and conditioning coach, athletic trainer, skill coaches, so on at levels, uh, as you work up the chain, you know, single A, double A, triple A up into the big leagues, it should make their jobs a little easier if they're accepting and taking athletes that are, have already been experienced and, and I guess exposed to our principles, our methodologies, um, kind of our practices. So super fortunate, uh, you know, the D-backs are the only professional baseball team that, that I've worked for. And uh, so I can't speak to the way that it is necessarily across the board in professional baseball, but for sure, hundred percent with the Diamondbacks, we're all on the same page and it's a seamless transition for our players uh, from level to level. Nice. And do you notice a difference between a rookie coming in from a college or university in the United States versus a rookie coming in, from a different country, whether it's Central or South America or, or, or Europe or anywhere else, do you see a difference in training age or you know work capacity? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, for sure, there's a difference. I, I would say, you know, I, I, I want to be careful here to not to speak in absolutes, but I, I'd say generally speaking, our our guys that come from a university, our two or four year collegiate guys, are going to have a little bit higher of a training age. For sure, they're going to have um, some weight room experience, whereas guys that come from the Dominican Republic or, or Mexico or Venezuela may not have that exposure. And I think for the most part, uh, we're moving in the right direction. But for the most part, there's just not a abundance of resources 
in those environments that they grow up in and in the baseball culture there, it's more skill work on the field and it's less developmental work. I'd say in the weight room and, and, and a lot of your uh, off season and prep type environments, there, there's just a lack of resources. And uh, so we're, we're currently constructing a, a state of the art Dominican Academy where that's no longer going to be the case. And, and pretty much there will be everything down there that there is here in the United States. And that's going to serve us well. I think ensuring that guys are maybe a little more prepared, a little more developed when it is that they reach the United States. Cause uh, you know, they, they view that as kind of the, kind of the uh, first level of, of their progression to the major leagues is, is when they make it from, for example, the Dominican Academy to the United States. It's like, okay, now that's, that's a big hurdle that I've crossed. And now it's time to go to work. And, and it makes it pretty difficult if you're in the, you know, in the process of playing a anywhere from a 54 to 72 game short season, um, it, it makes it difficult to, to find that development in the weight room when you're asked to play every night at seven o'clock. And that's a unique demand of professional baseball that, that isn't seen anywhere else uh, that I know of. So we, we keep that in mind for sure as a performance team. Um, but to answer your question, for sure, there's, there's a training age difference and we do our best within our model to ensure that that development takes place because that's first and foremost in the minor leagues. But we also have to make sure that that we're keeping guys as close to 100% each night as possible and that they are uh, sustainable over the course of a 54-72 game regular season, whatever it may be for them. Definitely. And, and what's the culture you look to establish with your athletes? Like you said, you're going for maybe 50 to 70-plus games a year. How do you fuse – the collegiate athlete with the international athlete into one team and be able to continuously lift and try to get better throughout a long season. And did your experience as a collegiate baseball player in the United States help you build that culture? Yeah. So I think it's twofold. Uh, Initially, I think that, uh, the relational aspect of it is probably the most important to me. So building those relationships through communication, connection, caring for our athletes first as people, understanding that they have real world uh, problems and it has nothing to do with strength and conditioning, has nothing to do with baseball, just connecting with them as people first and foremost. And I think that that is priority number one. And from there, yes, we have our our weight room principles, our weight room methods that we uh, consider to be important uh, performance indicators or whatever you want to call them uh, for health and performance that, you know, that we've established as, as part of the Diamondback sports medicine team for working in a prof- professional baseball environment. Uh, so I think that all of my experiences up to this point have helped me uh, kind of mold my own personal philosophy with what our philosophy is with the Diamondbacks and, and, you know, they, they are very closely aligned and, and that's a result of being exposed to top-notch high-level people from day one uh, that, that goes all the way back to my time at Guilford College and, and my experience playing baseball as a collegiate athlete and understanding the importance of, of the process, have a passion for development and, and for sure the weight room played an integral part in my athletic career. So I feel led to share that drive with others. And uh, thankfully that that looked like a internship at Kentucky and an internship at Wake Forest. And, and now my time with the D-backs, like that's, that was kind of 
my accelerated path, my progression that I've, I've been fortunate to uh, embark upon and uh, understanding that it doesn't look like that necessarily for everyone. So I've been super fortunate and uh, just surrounded by high level people. And, and I feel a sense of urgency to give back and share in the same way that so many people have helped me get to where I am today. Cause I'm a firm believer in, and you can't accomplish much by yourself and, and you need to be, you need to surround yourself with people that um, are going to lift you up and that you, that you idolize and that you want to be like, and, and through that, you know, there's a give and take, there's a sharing that, that takes place. And uh, in my opinion, that's kind of how you create a, a high performance environment with high quality people that, you know, are, are in the right seats on the bus and, and pulling the rope in the right direction and so on. I think that's definitely a positive way of looking at this, try to give back as much as you can because so much is given to you. And I think that's a good takeaway. Now, what's one piece of advice you would give to the younger strength coach, that strength coach that's just coming off an internship or graduate assistantship and are, you know, are in the grind of everything that we do. What's one thing you would tell those strength coaches? Yeah, that's a great question, Uh, man. I, that's a tough one. I, I tend to view things uh, th- through a personal lens and, and then maybe through a professional lens. And, and I understand the two kind of closely align in, in a lot of instances. And they, they definitely do for strength and conditioning coaches. You're right. Like we spend so much time uh, giving what we, what we would consider giving back and spending time with our athletes. And we spend so much time in the weight room and maybe not as much time at home. But uh, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to divide it up there personally and, and then professionally and the best piece of advice that I've ever gotten personally is just to know your values and understand your why and maybe what are your priorities. Uh, so on, on a personal level, I think that you have to establish those things before you can be your best self professionally at work. Um, and uh, so from there, transitioning to professionally, I, <laughs> you know, during my time with the Diamondbacks and, and working in an environment where uh, in the minor leagues in a full season, we're playing, uh, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 140 game, regular season games. Uh, obviously the big league season is 162 games. So that, that looks a lot different maybe than your, uh, you know, collegiate baseball season, certainly than your high school baseball season, the demands are just a little different. So during my time with the D-backs, the, the biggest thing I've learned is just don't do stupid stuff. <laughs> and and that, that sounds funny, right? But I, I found that if you can stay away from anything that may cause harm uh, to yourself, your athletes, to people that you're in charge of, that you're tasked with providing, you know, a service for, which is in our case, we're, we're, we're here to ensure that our players stay as healthy as possible and that we, we optimize their performance uh, to the, to the fullest extent and give them the best chance of, of being great baseball players and, and winning baseball games for our organization. Uh, the best thing that we can do as strength and conditioning professionals is, is just stay away from anything that may cause harm or maybe a detriment to that performance. Um, and sometimes that may mean structuring lifts or warmups uh, through a recovery lens, as opposed to a, you know, a development or, or traditional strength or whatever, you, what, you know, whatever we can talk X's and O's if you want, but uh, I just think that those two things. So prefer or back to, to personally here, just know your values, understand your why and, and establish your priorities and then from there, professionally, uh, have in the forefront of your mind what is most important for your student athletes or your athletes. Um, and then from there, make the best decision from them by not doing stupid stuff. So uh, that's probably the advice that I would give to any young strength and conditioning professional or, or really anyone in general. 
Um, it's just just establish what what it is that's important to you personally, and from there, uh, you know, you can build and, and get into your professional criteria. And you've been a part of some pretty high level teams, whether it's the Diamondbacks or, or Wake Forest or Kentucky. What is the difference in your opinion on the expectations of the sports performance coach at each level? So I think it, it probably largely depends on where you are, uh, where, where you, where you work and, and who you work for and, and the people that you, you know, assist and help. I would say that I've, again, I've, I've been fortunate here. Every stop that I've made along the way, the standards were high. Uh, so, so that dates back to my time at, at Guilford as a student. Um, and then, and then a little bit as a strength and conditioning coach, um, I kind of did a little, a little assistance there during my time at Wake Forest, the proximity of those two schools is relatively close, but, uh, the standard has always been high, uh, to be honest with you. And I think that again, maybe it's not that way everywhere. And I think that if you're in an environment that where it's, where it's not that way, then, then maybe you're tasked with getting the standard or, or developing a standard that is high. Um, and if you are fortunate to be immersed in an environment where maybe that standard is, has already been in place or that culture is already built, uh, then it's your responsibility to continue to raise the bar and drive uh, that forward, drive the bus forward and row in the same direction. So um, I, I do think that maybe it looks a little different. Maybe we achieve our goals a little different. We certainly program different. Uh, we have a different philosophy. Um, you know, the things that we do with the Arizona Diamondbacks in a professional baseball season for sure are going to look a lot different than what uh, you, you may do at the University of Kentucky during a, you know, 50-55 game regular season where you have two or three, four or five, six days in between a series or, or games or whatever. So uh, the training methods, the, the principles, the methodologies, the, those types of things are, are probably slightly different. But I think at the end of the day, the, the sport's the same, right? Like if I work with the baseball team at Kentucky and, and at Wake Forest both, and uh, the game of baseball is the same. So the, the demand of the bio, biomechanical demand of the sport is the same. So in, in that sense, the programming may look similar. Uh, but if when you take into consideration the, the frequency at which the games, the competitions are and, and uh, travel looks a lot different, like we're traveling overnight a lot, we're, we're taking lengthy bus rides, uh, maybe the fueling, the food uh, looks a little different. Access to resources may be different. So uh, I think it's kind of twofold again. Like it, you know, there are a lot of similarities, but there's there's definitely a lot of differences too. And and I think that's probably been the importance of not throwing out a, a blanket program for a group of athletes, or you know, having this just blanket philosophy of oh, uh, you know, I'm training the baseball player, so I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Like I think that you have to dating back to to what we talked about personally and professionally, you have to connect with them on a, on a personal level first, let them know that you care. And from there, right now we can build a, a, a program that best fits their needs uh, personally and, and in their case, professionally as well, um, playing at, for a professional organization. No, definitely. I think that's some good advice and, and it's a good takeaway. I definitely wanted our listeners to be able to find out and, learn to address any predispositions or, or thoughts that they had of what the next level might look like. And, and you nailed it. You definitely said that they're all baseball athletes to so just 
kind of looks a little different depending on each level that you're at. Now, you seem like a pretty driven coach to give back and help develop other coaches. Could you talk a little bit about your next gen program and how you go about, you know, essentially molding the future of sports performance? Certainly, Isaiah. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I think that our next gen program, for those unfamiliar, is basically our internship program, right? for uh, not only strength and conditioning coaches, but for athletic trainers, physical therapists. Um, and, and we're looking to also expand that uh, here in, in the near future to mental skills and maybe uh, sports dietitian and, and so on, like other members of our team and in, in, in fully encapsulating that. So um, giving credit to my team here, we, we have many people that have contributed to our next gen, which is short for next generation uh, program. And, and for sure it's a team effort would not be possible without uh, the assistance from athletic trainers, strength and conditioning coaches, everyone. And John Herzner, who is our major league and minor league medical administrator is the individual who first kickstarted this program before my time with the Diamondbacks. And, and if COVID here has provided us an opportunity, unlike any other, it's been to, quickly accelerate what it is that we're doing with our next gen program. So, um, you know, pre COVID ordinarily, it looks like on-site internship opportunities ranging anywhere from two weeks up to six, eight, 10 week, 12 week programs, uh, for people to get their feet wet, get boots on the ground in the weight room in the athletic training room in the mental skills room, uh, out on the field and get that, you know, what, what would consider be considered a, your traditional internship experience. Uh, we just offer that at the professional baseball level and, and, and re- at certain instances we can fulfill those needs also at our minor league affiliates. So if we have someone who, you know, who may be close to Reno, Nevada, Reno is our triple A affiliate, uh, that there's also, uh, that's also a possibility for sure. So uh, that's pre-COVID. Now, now with the COVID season that we just went through, it, there was a lot of Zooming going on. Uh, we actually ran three separate um, next-gen opportunities. We had a eight-week athletic training one. We had an eight-week strength and conditioning one. And then we backed that up with a six-week strength and conditioning internship or, or next-gen experience, online learning opportunity uh, where we – Basically, as a sports medicine performance team, we put our heads together to come up with an outline and criteria of what we felt like uh, was a good place to start for those desiring to work in professional baseball as a strength coach, as an athletic trainer, as a PT, and and so on. And uh, really, it was just a full collaborative effort with the people that took part. And we we kind of came in with a plan and then opened up the floor and and allowed there to be an open forum, uh, Q&A, open sharing type environment where uh, it was just a a collaboration of professionals that work anywhere from like, you know, the high school setting and the collegiate setting. We had people that worked in private practice and people that, that have previously worked in baseball, people that are looking to get into baseball. And it was just an awesome opportunity to uh, for us to develop our staff, uh, to identify people, a a pool of applicants where now when we're able to bring people to, to, put boots on the floor in person, um, at Salt River Fields or Chase Field, our, our, you know, our, our onsite opportunities. Now we have a, a pool of people to, to choose from in hopes of developing these professionals to, uh, 
obtain a job in baseball or, or fulfill whatever it is that they see for themselves. I think that that's the biggest thing is, is everybody comes from a different place and everybody has different goals, different aspirations. And, and uh, we just put this program uh, together and has continued to grow. And, and I think that if, if the COVID unfortunate circumstances, COVID season has presented us with anything else, it's been an excellent opportunity uh, for personal and professional growth with other professionals that maybe we wouldn't have been able to do should we have played a, a regular, you know, minor league or major league season. So it's just a little bit about our, our next gen, our next generation program. And uh, I think it's, it's a big tool for us for, to develop our staff, to develop uh, coaches and, and uh, practitioners around the world. Uh, and also, you know, give opportunity for those that the younger uh, professionals that are looking to get into professional baseball one day and, and work in the environment that we work in. We'll be right back. Flex is the latest product to enter the velocity-based training market. Developed by the team at GymAware, Flex is the only laser-based system available. And it's this unique technology that makes Flex the most accurate and reliable barbell tracking product in the sub $500 category. That's right, you heard it, sub $500 barbell velocity tracker. And that's easy to use. It's wireless and yes, it's portable. It's specifically designed for individual use with its own social platform and automatic training log. Flex captures all the critical performance and technique metrics that people demand from a VBT device. Velocity, power, bar path, range of motion, and even bar position. Live feedback is delivered through the Flex app on every lift and all the data is automatically stored for review. Find out why VBT is such a powerful training method and what separates Flex from its competition at flexstronger.com slash vbtfuture. Again, that's flexstronger.com slash vbtfuture. Definitely. I think that's a great way of going about creating an internship. It's not just strength and conditioning. It's athletic training. It's sports nutrition and the rest of the sports medicine department. I think it's good that you guys are giving back an opportunity for a whole bunch of young professionals to experience that high level synergy or the teamwork that you guys have going on there. And I think that's something, something that other programs should look forward to. Now, how do you go about creating programming, creating an environment with your athletes when you have 50, 70, 100 games? How do you prevent things from getting stagnant and, and keeping things fresh? How do you not only keep yourself engaged, but get your athletes engaged over such a long season? Yeah, it's unique, right? I think, I think the biggest thing is just being creative. So understanding what's important um, and, and, Back, back to the, the uh, relationships and communication. I think that that's, that's number one is if you, if you, if they don't like you and you don't like them, man, that 162 game season, that's going to be a long time to share together in the clubhouse on the road in the hotels. Like, so, you know, and it's not fully kumbaya. Like it, it's not, everyone doesn't need to put on a, uh, a front just to, to get along. But I, seriously, I think that if you, if you take time, you take time out of your day to show them that you care in different ways uh, first as people, and then as baseball players, that's the foundation. And then from a professional X's and O's standpoint, you, you just find creative ways to be uh, involved in their, their baseball work and in their prep work. And, and maybe that looks like a lift 
in the outfield one day as opposed to in the weight room. Maybe that looks like uh, kicking the soccer ball or tossing the football a little bit one day for conditioning as opposed to running 20 or 30 yard striders. Um, then maybe that makes making a, a base running drill a little more fun, a little more reactionary as opposed to just going through the motions and running from, you know, home to second or second to home or first to third or whatever it may be. So uh, I think that, that for, you know, if, if they like you and you like them, it makes things a lot easier. Right. But then I think from there, you're right. There, there's a lot of time spent together. There's a lot of time spent on the road. In some cases uh, there, there may be a lack of resources, a lack of facilities. So it's just finding different ways to uh, get done what you need to get done. Find the important things. If it's important, do it every day. Um, and from there, you're able to, to kind of establish a plan and, and understand, honestly, that it's not going to be perfect. Um, and, and by nature, I, I, I feel like I'm a perfectionist. I, early in my career, that's probably the biggest mistake that I made is just, you know, I had this plan going in and I wanted to make sure that everything went according to plan. And, you know, by golly, if it doesn't go according to plan, I'm going to be bent out of shape. And I think that the biggest thing I've learned through working uh, with many sports at the collegiate level, first and foremost, and with male and female athletes, you know, there's a difference there, but then now working in an environment where, you know, some of the people don't speak English, uh, you know, utilizing your resources appropriately to, to find that connection with as many people as possible, but understanding that it's not always going to be perfect. Uh, you know, it, it's not always going to go according to plan and having an ability to adapt from a plan is essential. Uh, really, that's going to dictate your effectiveness as a coach at our level is just, can you deviate from your plan? How creative can you be on the fly in real time? And I think that that's developed through some experience, uh, but through some, but, but through some effort too. I think that they're, that those two, those two things kind of collectively work together to provide this environment for the athletes to grow and become the best baseball players they can be. And, and ultimately in turn, like we feel, we feel, uh, fulfilled doing our, uh, you know, fulfilling our duty to these players and helping them reach their goals. Cause hundred percent, it's about them. It's not about us. No, definitely. You nailed it. It's not about being best friends or, or Kumbaya, but it's about getting along and getting the job done and having a mutual respect for athlete and coach that you're all there for the same purpose. And, and, and that's to win. And, Respect and communication is key when it comes down to organizations or, or long seasons. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think it's, you know, sometimes it's tough love, right? I mean, like there's a standard too to uphold, like there's, there's an accountability aspect of this too. So it's not always make them feel good. I, you know, I think that if done in the correct way, like having a standard, but, but then having a standard that you can enforce and that you can uphold even when things aren't going well. Like if, if you're on a two or three, four game losing streak, or, you know, you, your starting pitcher comes out of the game, he's, he's given up uh, five or six runs in an inning or two and he, and he's not feeling it. It's, it's understanding. Okay. I understand where you're at right now. Like for sure I do. This is what I feel like is best for you. This is the plan I feel like is best for you. And, and maybe this looks a little different than if he would have thrown a, a four five, six inning outing. And so I think that, that in some cases it, it is tough love. So it shouldn't be conveyed necessarily in a way of it's just always just, you know, sunshine and rainbows. But I, I do think that having this agility to adapt and, and, and read the room and understand who it is that you're working with 
that's going to be the difference for sure. That's going to be the difference. And you can't go thing. You can't go about things the same way with, uh, you know, with player A that you can with player B. It just, that, that's a real world example um, or a hurdle. I think that, that maybe a lot of people don't spend too much time considering until they find themselves in an, in a situation where like, wow, like I, I'm not exactly sure how to connect with this guy right now. So I think that it, it's twofold and it works both ways. Definitely. It's definitely a skill set and an experience that you get the more you're around teams and the more you're around our profession. And I think it's a very important thing to take away from that. Now, if you could pick up the phone and call Logan Jones from five years ago, what would you tell him? Ooh. Probably just tell him to relax. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I mean, so five years ago, that would, I'm, I'm super young in my career here. So that's, uh, that would be when I'm, I'm actually a, a junior in a junior in college or a senior in college. I graduated from Guilford in 2017. So at that point in time, to be honest with you, I, I wasn't even sure that I, I wasn't positive that I wanted to work in professional baseball. I knew for sure when I was done playing baseball that I wanted to, to stay around the game. And I, I wasn't sure in what capacity and, and it, it really wasn't until my time at Wake Forest that I decided that I wanted to take the professional baseball route as opposed to staying at the collegiate level or, or so on. I think um, there's, there's so many great opportunities these days. And, and uh, I think that the biggest thing is, is taking initiative. So I, I think that take going back, I think when I think about how, how fortunate I've been, how accelerated it seems like my path has been, I think that, that two things have happened. One, I, I've surrounded myself with incredible people. So the people are number one for me. That's that's my parents. That's my family. And, and then as I get into my my baseball career and then now into my professional career, I you know it's it's just surrounding yourself with those people that have been where you want to be and that understand the environment and understand what it's going to take for you to get there and, and heeding their advice. Um, but I also think that there's just an initiative an intention that you have to take on your part too, and understand that, that no one's going to do it for you. So I, I think that those two things are the things that I would tell myself is, Hey man, just t- take a step out of the uh, comfort zone, get a little uncomfortable and, and maybe make a phone call, send an email that you don't want to send. Cause I think that that may be what kickstarts your career. You never know. I, I obtained my opportunity at the university of Kentucky because someone that had graduated from Gale for two years before was, was currently a strength conditioning intern in the Olympic sports. Um, and, and I, he came and spoke to our, one of our sports studies classes. And at that time I knew I wanted to get into strength and conditioning and, and I wasn't exactly sure in what capacity. And I had a conversation with him afterward. And, and that's kind of where the, the university of Kentucky connection came from. And I'm not sure if that didn't happen that I would necessarily be where I am today. I mean, I understand that everyone has different, Past and, and there's there's no one correct way to do anything really, uh, to be honest with you. But I do think that taking initiative and and uh, taking risks and getting a little outside of your comfort zone is a solid place to start when looking to um, provide yourself with opportunities that probably will pay dividends for you in the longer run. Yeah, I definitely think that's great. You know, getting out of your comfort zone is, I guess, where the most growth happens and. And if you're looking around and seeing that you're getting pretty comfortable, it might be a good time to look at it. And 
see if there's a new venture or a new idea that you can try and pursue and, and continue to grow and, and, and go in the right direction. Now, uh, what's next for Coach Jones? What's something you've been working on or that you're looking into that you're you know excited about coming up? Yeah, that's always, honestly, that's always a tough question. So I, I just think right now, I think baby steps, um, you know, currently in this current moment, personally, I'm enjoying uh, this month of December and being at home with family and spending some time with some people that ordinarily I don't have an opportunity to spend as much time with, given the demands of working in professional baseball. And then uh, professionally, I think, I think it's just uh, continuing to do my job right now where I currently am at the best of my ability um, and, and the best way that I know how. And, and like I've mentioned before, fortunately, I'm, I'm super, um, I'm super lucky. I'm super fortunate to be surrounded by such a great team of, of professionals, but more importantly, the, the people, right. They just, they, they care about us as, as people and our organization takes care of us. And uh, so to, I guess the long winded answer is I'm not sure. Um, I, I, you know, I, I try to take baby steps, try to take it one day at a time and, and be my best self today. Uh, Cause I think that, that that's probably the best way to uh, magnify your influence for your athletes, for your family. Uh, you know, I, I would like to consider myself a leader at home just as much as I would like to consider myself a leader um, at, at work. And I think that uh, it kind of connects with every year as part of our sports medicine team, we, we take a baseball and we write one word on that baseball. That's kind of our word of the year. Uh, just what comes to mind, what's going to be your word of the year, what's going to be your attention, your point of focus for this year. And, and before COVID came along, it was influence for me. And, and uh, it's still actually sitting on my desk at work. And, and I think when I think about influence, I think of two things. I think the magnitude of the influence, and I also think about the breadth. So like the, the uh, I guess, width of that influence. And, and I think it's built through the relationships and communication that we've talked on so much. And, and while I'm at home, that, that influence, that leadership takes place at home and um, with the people that I care about. And then, and then when I'm at work, it, it's my teammates that I care about, my fellow strength conditioning coaches, my athletic trainers and so on. And then most importantly, it's the athletes and the people that uh, our organization is, is uh, counting on. That, that's what, that's what, you know, we live in a results driven industry and that's, that is uh, winning games is at the top of our list of priorities and winning a world series. So uh, when I when I think of that, I just I think of influence and then the magnitude and the breadth of that influence starts with your ability to take it one day at a time and be present where you are right now. Mm, I definitely think that's great. And, and I haven't heard that put in those terms on the podcast yet with being a leader at home the same way you'd be a, you know, a leader in in the weight room. And I think that's a key, key part of creating a life in a profession. I think that's very important. Yeah, no doubt. I, you know, I, that's something that I am, uh, I feel like I'm not opinionated necessarily on maybe too many things because I I don't think that we live in a black and white world. I think there's a lot of gray area, Um, but I do, I feel strongly that, that we, as strength and conditioning professionals, really anyone, but especially the industry that we work in that, where, where the demand uh, of time spent at work is often 
uh, not necessarily in alignment with the amount of money that we make or the, you know, or the, the uh, notoriety, like, you know, all these things that maybe people care about, maybe they don't. Um, but I, but I think that it's, it's impossible for you to be the best, you know, Isaiah or Logan for your athletes, for your people that includes your family, if you're not the best uh, version of yourself. And I, so I think it starts with, with taking care of yourself and understanding uh, what it is that is important to you and, and, and not allowing too much wiggle room in, in that, you know, and, and once you take care of that, once you are in a good place personally, now you're able to take care of those other people that, um, that you care for. And that's like you just mentioned, that's, that's the people at home and that's the people at work. And I think that I try not to, to necessarily draw a line between those two. Cause I think that it, that all boils down back to the communication, the relationships, um, being present, listening, probably more than you speak. Uh, I have done a lot more speaking and listening on this podcast episode right here, but, uh, I know seriously, I, I do feel like it starts there. And, um, you know, maybe sometimes we lose sight of that. We, we spend so much time trying to be uh, at work, even when we're physically at home. And I think that all, if we can put ourselves where our feet are and be as present as possible uh, for the, from there, we can, we can really do some damage. We can really uh, grow personally and professionally. No, I, I definitely think that's, that's very important. And, and I've been in, the young coach's shoes and, and I know what it's like and how much time and energy and effort and sacrifice that's needed to work your way up in our profession and, you know, create an identity in, in this profession. But being on the other side, I also value family or the, you know, the personal relationships that you have outside of the weight room that kind of create a balance and, gives a strength coach an opportunity for longevity so they don't get burnt out or get too resentful in our, in our profession. And I think you, you touched on that. And I think that's a very key takeaway here. Absolutely. And I can, I can relate to you there too. Cause I've, I am young in my career for sure. I, you know, I'm less than five years in and uh, my fiance is actually still, uh, she's in PT school right now and she's doing some of her clinical rotation. So I, you just described to me recently engaged and, and she's, uh, finishing up her, some of some schooling for her professional career. That that's exactly where I am right now. And I think that that's, uh, all of everyone has their unique, uh, situation and, and we all have different demands and we're all being pulled in these different directions. And, uh, it is tough because you, you know, we're in a place of trying to, establish yourself professionally and put yourself in the best position possible to uh, reach whatever it is, whatever dreams, whatever goals, aspirations that you have for yourself professional or uh, yeah, professionally, but, but doing that by neglecting your personal health and your personal well being, I believe to be a huge mistake. So um, it's just, I'm not, I'm not sure that there is one answer to, you know, how do you find that, that sweet spot. I don't even know if the sweet spot exists. I think that it probably changes day in and day out to be honest with you, but, uh, I can 100% relate to what you just described there. And, and, uh, we're all fortunate to be in this spot, although everyone's looks a little different these days. Definitely. And, and lucky enough for me when I was up and coming and doing internships and working my way up, my wife was finishing up her doctorate. So it made sense that, 
she knew knows the sacrifice that's required for her to get to where she needs to go and she understood and it, it was very helpful that she understood what i was going through and what i was trying to establish and, and having us both working in the same direction i think it, it helped out for sure now my wife's a pharmacist and i'm a strength coach so they're both science you know based you know, education and professions, but they're very, very different scopes. So there's not very much conversation about programming or whatnot or any kind of rehab, but your wife being, uh, working on her doctorate of physical therapy and, and you being a strength coach, do you bounce ideas off of her or do you talk shop with your, your wife? Cause I, I'd imagine, or your fiance and I imagine, you know, that dynamic is quite unique you know, having a, a partner or a significant other essentially in the same realm as a strength coach. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That's a good one. Um, yeah. I, I do think we speak the same language for the most part. And she has a passion for, for training herself, you know, as well. And, and we all go about things a little different. And, and in some instances, maybe she comes home and doesn't necessarily want to talk about, uh, the, the logistics behind what, what happened that day at work or that day in our clinical or what happened that day in the classroom. But I do think that uh, it, it is a point of discussion for us. And I think that, um, you know, the more that we can collaborate with these professionals, uh, whether they're family or not, that share interests with ourselves and that are certainly a piece of the performance rehabilitation uh, you know, puzzle, the better, the better that we're going to be, the more impact that we can have. And I think that that plays out at work for me as part of our sports medicine performance team. And I, and it's kind of cool that I've taken, um, some of those conversations came home, presented those to her and, Hey, what do you think about this? And it's really just asking questions and bouncing ideas off of one another. And, and from there, uh, our, you know, our conversation just kind of goes where, it, where it does. And, um, sometimes I have no idea what she's talking about and, and sometimes she has no idea what I'm talking about, but all, in most cases there is uh, a close alignment there with, um, Hey, you know, I, I worked with someone ACL surgery today. Like what, what would you do in your environment? Uh, if someone came in and, you know, post-op one or two weeks or whatever it may be, or in our case, it may be a UCL or, or, uh, something in the shoulder or labrum or something like that. And, um, I think that it's a cool growth opportunity to have those types of conversations on a personal level too at home. And um, if if that's what people want, right? Like, I don't think it should be forced, but I do think that it's it's an opportunity that, that maybe I have when I come home that not everyone does. And and I think that it uh, it would be wise of me to take advantage of that opportunity. And I and I do. So um, it's a unique dynamic. And and for your case, I, I'm sure a pharmacist. I don't know. It may be able to have some conversation there, but it may, it may look a little different. I would imagine a little bit. I think it's mostly we both respect and understand science. So we just keep it to talk about science in general, but you definitely hear about it more prevalent nowadays where one significant other is a strength coach and the other significant other is an athletic trainer or a physical therapist uh, and I've even seen strength coaches and start a business 
and one strength coach is all mostly performance in general. One is a weightlifter specifically. And I've even seen some collegiate strength coaches where both where both individuals are, are strength coaches. So I think it's a good thing. And I think it's a good thing you found a way to make it work with you and your fiance. Now, what's a way our listeners can find out what you got going on, reach out to you? Do you have any social media you want to give a shout out? Yeah, so I'd say the best way is, is probably uh, email. And then I can provide my my social media handles. Either of those alternatives would be good. I'm pretty active on both and, and should get back with, with anyone within the day for sure. And so my, my email is ljones at dvax.com. And my uh, both my Instagram and Twitter handles are Logan underscore Jones 95. And I'm not sure if you'll include those maybe in the in the podcast notes or whatever. But um, I, I do think that uh, this is a two way street here. So I, I welcome any any feedback that anyone has in, in listening to this podcast episode, whether it's con- constructive criticism or or anything along those lines or whatever. I, I feel free to reach out and, and I'm always game to talk shop with anyone and uh, I'm big on the connection and relationship piece of it, piece of the puzzle, if, if you can't tell. Uh, so I, I welcome those conversations and, and please reach out. You definitely do. And, and and it's absolutely true. We found each other on, on social media and it, we're able to reach out and, and link up and, and get your insight. And, and I wanted to say thank you for joining us on the podcast today and being so open and, and allowing us some insight into how you guys operate things there and all the great things you got going on and how you plan on giving back to the profession. I think it's great. And I look forward to, you know, touching base with you again in the future. Certainly Isaiah, thanks for having me on. I I really appreciate the opportunity and, and listen, for sure. I I think that when one of us succeeds, we all succeed. So um, I, I do want to break down any, any barriers or any uh, silos there of, of, trying to hold on to any information. Whatever. I don't think that exists. I think that when one of us uh, continues to raise the bar, we all do. And, and I think an open sharing of that information and uh, sharing our own unique perspectives and point of views, because uh, we're the only ones with those perspectives and point of views. So I think in sharing those, it, it helps build and create context for uh, up and coming coaches and, and maybe those that have been around for a little bit um, and just uh, helping guide maybe some decision-making or uh, just having bits of information, pieces of the puzzle that, that start to fit as you go along. And, and if someone can learn from a mistake that I've made and avoid making the same mistakes, like this, this hundred percent was worth it to me. Uh, so I do appreciate you having me on and, and uh, kudos to you for, for all of your hard work and everything that you continue to do to provide this platform for our listeners. I think that, that uh, top notch. Thank you, coach. I appreciate that. And good luck this season. And I'll be reaching out here soon. Awesome. Take care, Isaiah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, Use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module 
to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I've yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. The Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's Global Director of Performance and Education, Coach Mike Buley. Coach Buley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward. Well, after 22 years of, of coaching, I've learned that connection trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind too, I always enjoyed working and learning and talking to other people and, and coaches and developing that camaraderie. I've always made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was too to try to get a crack into this this profession. And, and uh, I promised myself if ever I was given a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase their dreams in this profession. It's been very good to me. Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.